Welcome to The Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today I have the privilege, the distinct privilege of being in conversation with an internationally screened director, cinematographer, and editor. The stories uh, she tells on screen are dynamic and seek to process and unearth raw emotion. Please welcome Katiana Weems. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, it is so awesome to be here. I'm a big fan of the podcast. It's like such an honor to be on this. Um, like after so much time living in Baltimore, I'm like, oh, wow, this is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. This is uh, it's, it's really cool to um, to meet new people and, and have them uh, share their work. And uh, yeah, we're going to we're going to get into it. Um, so before we get too, too deep. Um, I got to start off with that sort of de facto, you know, tell me about yourself question. I like to do it a little, little differently. Like some people will say, hmm, depends on where you want me to start in the story, but, but share your story with us. Where'd you grow up? Describe your, your sort of creative background. And, um, and I got another bullet point, but that's enough to start off with. So the floor is yours on that piece. All right. I'm on it. Um, so I grew up in Howard County in Ellicott City, um, little county kid, uh, and I just loved making movies. I think from a really young age, I had um, one of my first cameras was this Barbie like DVD or I guess VHS camera where you had to like press record on the little TV, <laughs> and then the the camcorder would start recording. Like, I don't even really remember how it worked, but I'd make my dad and my brother and my stuffed animals. Like I'd write little scripts and make them all perform in it. Um, then like when the, the flip camera came out, like that stupid little rectangle thing yeah. that everybody had for like a year, <laughs> I'd do little movies with my friends and for school projects. Um, and then I think it really took me until high school to really take it seriously as as an art form. Um, I was a big music and theater kid. I was in a lot of theater productions. My dad's a musician. So he'd always have me like practicing every night, all those hours. <laughs> um, but I had performance anxiety. I don't think really ever liked being in front of the screen, being the center of attention. Um, but I really liked making things that were beautiful and interesting and meaningful. Um, and I really found that I was able to combine a lot of my talents together through um, filmmaking. Um, and then in high school, I did this big year long, uh, or I guess two year long study on um, cinema and all of its different forms. It was like sort of a creative class where you got to cobble together all of your interests and do um, a year long study on something specific that you were interested in. And I just took that class two years in a row and did it on film twice. Um, seems, like, seems a little like cheating, though. Seems a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let me pick two different film projects to do. <laughs> That's great. Uh, and then um, when college rolled around, um, I really wanted to go to Syracuse. I had my eyes and my heart set on it. Um, and my parents said, okay, well, you can go to an in-state school and we will pay for that. Or you can go to community college for two years and we'll pay for that. And then we can figure out how we're going to pay for Syracuse. And that's the route I decided to take. Um, I got my film history or I guess film studies associates at uh, Howard Community College. Go Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> um which I think ended up being a really, really great decision for me in the long run. I really pushed community college for a lot of my high schoolers, especially those that are um, vaguely sure about what they want to do or really have their heart set on a college that's just going to be, I think, too expensive to afford just out of pocket. Um, right. And then I ended up going to Syracuse 
and studying in Prague for a little bit. Um, I studied 35 millimeter out there, um, came back, finished up my degree at Syracuse and still loved filmmaking as much as I did as a 10 year old running around with her Barbie VHS camera. <laughs> um, and decided that what I really, really liked doing was filmmaking and yeah. teaching film. Um, so I interviewed for a job at Baltimore School for the Arts, like the fall, I want to say, of my senior year. Um, and they said, okay, well, we'll check back in with you when you graduate. We'll see where we're at. We'll see if we have a position open for you. Um, and I've been there for three years now. Um, and I've gotten to freelance because it's a um, all the positions at Baltimore School for the Arts for arts teachers are, um, you're sort of like an adjunct. So you come and teach your classes and then the rest of the time you're um, free to be a working artist and working on your craft. Um, so it's been a, a fun and long road to get here, but have enjoyed literally every second of it. <laughs> that's that's great. And um, and th thank you for, for walking us through that. Um, it's It's interesting hearing like, how like some of those like early on moments like i i was joking about it recently about um i had this tape recorder and i was in high school and i was like you know and I, so embarrassing i i was doing the thing like the rock i was speaking in a third person and then putting the mic in front of people and i was like oh this is so cringe i i hope i never find those tapes a little bit i want to find them because i'm like oh man i am terrible but also i'm like oh this might work itself into a podcast somehow Mm -hmm. I hope you do find those tapes. There, you <laughs> I'd know, like to hear those tapes. <laughs> shout out to City College. Some of those early on <laughs> things is like, yo. <laughs> so, so in freelancing and in, in picking up projects and working on projects, what was one of the first ones that you worked on, whether it was something that was your own project, whether it was something where you were doing a more collaborative thing? Describe like that first project, that first sort of media job. Um, my first project, um, at least post-grad um, from my bachelor's, kind of fell into my lap a little bit. Sure. Um, it was it's such a crazy story about how this happened. I'm still like, did this really happen? Um, I was stuck in Syracuse because it was the middle of the pandemic. It was 2020. Um, and so much was going on, I think, in, not I think, but in my personal life. Um, and then so much was just going on politically in the world and socially in the world. Um, and I think the one thing that I was really trying to push to keep me going is I was working on my uh, my thesis. I was working on 111 at the time and finishing it up. Um, and then I was also just to keep my sanity, like posting um, shorter films that I was making in my house during quarantine, um, like shot on my camcorder. Mm -hmm. um, like an old camcorder that I had found of mine um, that was at my parents' house and I think brought up with me um, probably sometime when I came home for break in college and I just found it in my stuff and I said, huh, I remember having this. Um, and so I wrote little scripted films um, that I would just try and do with just me and one other person. Um, and I posted one on my Instagram, I wanna say. Um, and then I want to say a couple days later, maybe like a week or so later, um, Kimber, uh, Kimber Sprawl, who, uh, is an actress, she's a Broadway actress. Um, I think she was in the Lion King at the time, um, messaged me and said that she was working on this piece that involved a lot of Broadway actors. Um, and she loved the piece that I had just posted, which was, it was Minnows, um, 
And she was wondering if um, I would be interested in being their editor. And I said, this isn't real. <laughs> you're like, I'm like, someone's literally pranking me right now. <laughs> I'm like, how did you even find me? Um, but I said, yes, I would love to. I, I like stalked her Instagram. I was like, this isn't real. I was like, let me double check to make what sure. What bot is this? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, somebody's messing with me. Like someone's punking me. Um, but I was like, okay, well, I guess if someone's punking me, I guess I'll just like, I'll ride it out. <laughs> um, and so I said, yes, I'd love to. Um, and then it took about, I want to say around a, a couple weeks to hear back from her. Um, but she said, she messaged me back and she said, so the project's gotten much bigger. Um, we have money to pay you now. Um, it's now backed by the public theater, which I was like, what? <laughs> um, she said, yeah, and we're looking to get all these different um, actors in. Um, and so she started sending me some of the footage and I started looking through the people in the footage and I was like, okay, so that's Audra McDonald. Like that's not <laughs> cheating. I was like, what is like you're in a Marvel movie? I know who you are. <laughs> I know. I was like, what is happening right now? And I'd be in these calls, like with these people, um, like that worked at the public theater and worked with all these like incredible actors over the years and all these incredible productions over the years. And I was like, uh, like crazy imposter syndrome. I was like, I feel like I should not be here. <laughs> um, but the process of, sorry, my dog is just all over me right now. Um, but the process of working on it was so special. Um, because it was all of these actors. Um, the project is called To Be Black, um, and it was all of these um, black actors that came together to do the to be or not to be soliloquy. Sure. Um, and we juxtaposed it um, with a lot of footage from the 2020 protests. And I had this interesting idea of pulling in um, archival footage also, just because there wasn't a ton of um, clarity yet around licensing for taking footage that people had taken of this protest just because it was so fresh and so new. Sure. Um, and I was like, well, I'm pretty sure um, we can find a lot of open source footage of um, like older protests from back in the day. And I think it'd be interesting to play around with those two things and see what kinds of um, images that we can conjure up in people's heads, what kind of emotions that we can play with. Um, to sort of contrast that sort of um, new visual theater or virtual theater thing that people were playing with during the pandemic that I think has yeah. since gone away. But um, it was such an interesting space to be in. Like it was like this towing the line between theater and film and like what is the difference between those two things and how we do this now virtually on a 2D plane. Um, I wish we hadn't dropped that so quickly after the pandemic, but I think everybody's just been so ready to get things back to quote unquote normal. Um, that I think it's a media form that has just since been, I think, put down. Um, but that was, I think, the first big project that I was on. Um, the New York Times um, included it in a piece that they wrote about virtual theater in 2020. Um, and it was just like so surreal that that was my first project um, <laughs> that I was contracted to do post-grad. And I was like, wow, did I peak? Oops. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. That That's that's amazing. Um, yeah, I think every now and again, when some of those opportunities happen, like especially on the socials, because everything is so sketchy. Um, it's like, oh, OK, like I'm surprised sometimes because I've been asking uh, you know, obviously I'm going out, reaching out to people, you know, seeing who would be interested in. 
you know, people want to take a peek into what the process looks like. And it's like, how do you get this person? How do you get that person? And it's like, sometimes I just ask and I'm very surprised when they hit me back and say, yes, I'll do this. Um, I have uh, one person that I'm talking to soon because from a huge, he's the founder of a huge um, art magazine. And I'm like, I don't know how I got him. And I actually talked when I'm on the phone. I was like, oh, you are a real person. I was like, oh, hey, hey, bro, you're going you gonna to put me in your thing? This is great. And you almost want to pinch yourself like, is this is this real? So, yeah, I, I definitely get it. That's so crazy to hear you have those thoughts, too, because I feel like I mean, I, I feel like I was like, oh, my gosh, like Rob Lee wants to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> so so is there is there an experience of like a film experience, like one you were watching, one that you like were aware of, you wanted to really get into the nuts and bolts of the process that really like gave you that spark that you, you touched on, like being very young when you had the Barbie cam getting that. So tell me about like, you know, one of those, like, was it a movie? Was it, you know, watching something? Cause how I'll say one of the very early experiences for me was um, remember, I think I was eight. And my dad was like, yo, they filming a movie across the street. And it was for Meteor Man. And I've done two screenings for Media Man since. And, you know, it was a black superhero movie that was filmed in the middle of Baltimore. And I'm like, when I think of movies and when I think of every now and again, when I romanticize about, yeah, I would like to be a filmmaker. I think about that. That's that my, my, my point. So what what is like a movie for you, an experience for you that was like, you know what? That's that's what I want to do. I want to be able to make movies. I mean, I feel like I can I can look back to so many little experiences. I don't know if I can pinpoint a singular starting point, but I do remember a lot of the checkpoints for me. Sure. I want to say, I mean, we always used to watch family. We'd have family movie nights. Um, very, very nuclear of us, but we'd have family movie nights. <laughs> it's usually like on a Friday night, a Saturday night. We'd all gather around the TV. And my dad would fast forward through inappropriate parts and go, oh, my gosh. Oh, oh, what is this? Oh, oh. And we'd be like, dad, come on. So it would continue until we were like 18. We'd be like, are you serious? Like, you're the only one that cares at this this is just so much cheese and crackers. <laughs> exactly. I'd be like, they'd be kissing and he'd be fast forward. <laughs> uh, it's a little too much tongue there. I'm moving ahead. <laughs> um, but I want to say we watched um, Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, it was mm -hmm. Moonrise Kingdom. Um, it had to have been at least past middle school because the basement was finished. And I remember we watched it in the basement. Um I remember watching Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, it was my first Wes Anderson movie that I had ever seen. I think after Fantastic Mr. Fox, but Fantastic Mr. Fox, I feel like I don't really count for me because it's stop motion. And I always liked stop motion. Um, I saw Moonrise Kingdom and I was like, whoa. I was like, this is cool. <laughs> um, and then I can remember the next checkpoint for me was was um, in high school um, when I watched the 400 blows for the first time. Uh, Francois Truffaut, still to this day, one of my favorite movies. Um, I think, in my opinion, one of the best coming of age films of all time. Um, it's so gorgeous, so tender, so interesting and such a benchmark of the French New Wave, which I think was um, a real... Me, I think discovering the French New Wave and learning about it um, was a real turning point for me and the definition of my style as a filmmaker um, and about how I think about my methodologies and the way that I approach cinema, um, or I guess the, the creation of cinema in general. Um, 
I just think it's so beautiful what they were doing, what they were able to accomplish. It's such an interesting time um, in the world. This was like the 60s. Um, and also just such an interesting time for technology because everything was getting lighter and smaller and everything was so much more accessible. Um, I think in a lot of different ways, it really mirrors um, the time period now, um, what they were doing then. Um, I think a lot of people will reference like New Hollywood as like a sort of revival of the French New Wave, but like I'm, I'm seeing it a lot now, especially like with how rapidly technology is advancing mm -hmm. and like these smaller and smaller and smaller cameras um, that are getting like less and less expensive um, for people to be able to use and, and make things with. Um, so I think the 400 blows was a big one for me. Um, and then for me, I think personally as a filmmaker, like for my soul, um, when 13th came out, I mean, it's a big one. Um, Ava DuVernay, I think blowing up and appearing on the scene um, was just, I think monumental for me. Um, I hadn't seen um, um, Pariah as her, right? I'm pretty sure Pariah is her. Um, but I hadn't seen Pariah yet at the time. Um, 13th was my first Ava DuVernay. Um, and I just remember being so in awe um, that like this, this woman, like this prominent black director was like making something that was so huge and so revered. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Um, and then I went back and did my research and discovered, you know, Julie Dash um, and, and um, um, Yuzan Palsy um, and all the big greats that came before her. But um, uh, 13th and the 400 Blows, I think were the two big ones that really define my style as a, as a filmmaker. See, you're, you're an overachiever because you answered two questions in, in that <laughs> one. So, so shout out to you on that. Um, and, and thank you. Yeah. Um, I think when, when, when you're talking to someone who's, who's in film, I was hearing all of the film nerd things that I really love to hear. It's like, yeah, so the French <laughs> new wave. I was like, ah, ah, she said it. <laughs> she, said, she said the thing. As we're kind of talking about like how how your style is de defined and and, and and what you take into it and what comes from you know other other filmmakers, um, and I and I think that's important. Where you know people, I, I read this book called uh, "Steal Like an Artist," and people rarely talk about like who do you steal from. It's like eh, kind of you know podcast is just theft, and it's like I have a way of going about questions. And <laughs> I had one buddy who was like, "You're kind of nardwar, but then also you're a little more like this person." I was like, "Look, I find random questions. I and I like to look at it like the dude from Hot Ones, Sands the Wings." Oh my gosh, yeah. yes. <laughs> so when you're when you're thinking about a project what are some of the questions like within the process what are some of the questions that you're asking you're looking to maybe have understanding or what are you looking for in the, in a story that you want to tell um i think overall the first thing that i am looking for is something that feels real which i know is very nebulous um but I, I, I have a lot of trust in, in my audience. I think that was one of the big things that I learned um, from a lot of my mentors over the years is to really trust your audience. Um, because if you've curated like a certain style over time, um, like the people that stick with you, like they'll, they'll, they'll understand what you're trying to do. You don't have to spoon feed it to them. Um, so it's just is to discover and to evoke an emotion um, within people that feels real. Um, 
there is this really, really lovely quote. Um, I think it's a Godard quote. I want to say it's a Godard quote um, where um, he says, cinema is the most beautiful fraud in the world. That's, that's a good quote. Um, and I have really been, I think over the years, I've really struggled with being able to um, agree or disagree with that. And I've ping ponged back and forth for years. Honestly, I think I'll die and I still won't know whether I agree or disagree with that. Um, because uh, yes, you're creating these, these expansive worlds that do not exist. You are playing with emotions and people and characters that do not exist. Um, you're you're moving things around in this fantasy space that you've allowed people to watch on this 2d plane um but the, essentially the thing that you've created doesn't really exist mm. um but is it really a fraud if what the th thing is doing the emotions that it's invoking um the effect of that that piece of art that you've created is something that is true for people it one of the things that 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 the thought that popped in my head right there i'm a nerd when it comes to wrestling right i'm a big wrestling nerd and real wrestling or wwe because i love wwe <laughs> wwe yes wwe okay. indeed and they talk about it being theater they talk about like some of mm -hmm. these emotions that are elicited and it's like i can pop the audience i can you know have them in my hand or what have you just with a few words and people always think it's weird when someone that does that for a living that can emote that can elicit a certain feeling maybe navigates towards acting it's mm -hmm. like you could that's it, it seems like it's a logical step it's less physical i guess and i even look at this i, I did an interview a while ago with this uh podcaster and he he teaches a podcast he's a journalist and he was like this whole thing is contrived he's like you know that right he's like and I was like, yeah, it is like this is a conversation that we plan to have at a certain time. And there's some semblance of questions. It's not like, hey, let me put on, on a microphone real quick. I mean, we, we got to talk, you know, while we record this. So there, there's some sense of understanding. And it's like, but I don't want to feel like I'm doing something that feels contrived. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of ping pong a little bit about, all right, am I getting caught on the word or what is the intent here? And this sort of thought with how I'm perceiving this this medium. Yeah, I love that. Um, I um, am a big fan of, I mean, I feel like WWE, my love for WWE um, as a child, I think really goes hand in hand with my love for reality TV these days. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's so interesting to me. Um, I always tell, my partner and I always talk about this. He thinks it's so funny, but I'm either caught watching like reality TV or like the worst of the, like I want bad movies or something that's like really pretentious and there's no in between. That's, that's really funny. Uh, but what I find so interesting and so like just captivating about reality television is this idea of like performed reality um mm -hmm. because like at the end of the day like nothing is you're not going to capture reality documentaries aren't reality <laughs> either even yeah. the most verite of cinema verite documentaries are still going to be some sort of stage or performed because just by nature of surveillance like people are going to understand and know when they're on camera and act a different way accordingly yeah. um people are telling stories for people all the time um watched or not so it's that that interesting aspect of like performed reality like is anything that we're doing actually real 
I, I agree with it where you, you see these different videos, you see people who are doing interviews. And I was like, yeah, here's the real thing. Is it though? I, I don't know. I don't know. Like whether there is, cause I remember they would talk about on reality shows back in the day of there's, you know, drama in the house. We need to have an accelerant. We need to have mm-hmm. uh, some booze or something in there. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, this is leading up to this. It's um, massaging the situation and the the backside of it, the the person that should be getting paid the most in these scenarios is the editor, because <laughs> real life is not that interesting. <laughs> and then this happened. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have always wanted to edit for reality television, just just once. I mean, I'm looking at doing a reality show. We might have to talk about this. We might have to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I got a couple more real questions for you um, before I get to those rapid fire ones. Uh, so t- let's talk about um, so, so you have the filmmaking, um, you know, background and that is, you know, huge. And you've also touched on earlier just being in this sort of adjunct role and, and, and being um, an educator. So tell me what do you enjoy most about teaching like cinematography, teaching lighting and, and workshops in that sort of space? Because I mean, you know, doing and teaching, they can feel very different at times. So tell me about that. Um, uh, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> um, I truly never know where to start with this question. I love teaching. I love my students. Um, I, I mean, uh, there is, I struggle to find one thing that I don't like about it. Maybe the pay. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably the one thing. Um, because aside from that, everything else is just, I think that teaching is something that I've just always wanted to do also, just like right there next to filmmaking. Like when I was a kid, I had this little school set situation. Um, and one of my teachers retired when I was in second grade and handed us all of her old worksheets. Um, and I used to make my brother sit down and like do those where I'd be like, Dirk, you have to do this worksheet, this math worksheet and I'll grade it. And then I'd give it to like our stuffed animals and make them do the worksheets too. Um, <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, professors of mine would have me TA um, as, a, as a senior. And then after I graduated, even though I wasn't a grad student there anymore, um, just because I had such a passion for um, sharing information. Um, I think that's probably what it is about it that I enjoy the most is it um, both allows me to um, share what I have learned over time. And I love, love, love that look in people's eyes that they get, especially in my students' eyes, that they get when something finally clicks for them. Mm-hmm. And when I'm able to, um, because everybody's able to understand, uh, like I, I, I believe in the whole like left brain, right brain thing, but I think a lot of it really has to do with um, your learning style and how best people teach to your learning style. Mm-hmm. Um, and it brings me a lot of joy to be able to figure out what each of my students' specific learning styles is and 
deliver a piece of information to them, maybe about cinematography that they hadn't understood before, um, like the really technical aspects or a creative um, or a creative aspect that they hadn't really understood before and deliver it to them in such a way that they're like, oh my gosh, wait, I get it now. Um, and seeing that growth of their work over time um, is just such a, uh, there is little that compares to how incredibly special that feels that you get to be a part of that process for someone. Um, it's like such an incredible honor that I get to be even a part of that creative process and that growth process at all. Um, and it also really allows me to strengthen um, my own knowledge. Yeah about things because um, I do so much prep for lessons because um, I'll be like, oh my gosh, like, wouldn't it be so interesting if um, um, I used, I don't know, like, so, sometimes we'll play like a game at like a party and I'll be like, oh my gosh, wait, this would be such an interesting teaching tool. Maybe I'll use this as a lesson and then I'll completely restructure my lesson for the next class because <laughs> I'm like, wait, I think they'll really get it if I like put this here and then I show this film at the end of class and then we wrap it up with this. Um, and then also it's just really special to then get to take them out for um, practical real life experiences because I'm a, a working, a teaching artist. Um, like this weekend, I had all of my students on set, not all of them, but a, a good yeah. number of them, like 12 of them, I think came out um, to come help us that weekend. And they got to like actually help be PAs, be camera assistants. Um, so there's there's little to nothing that I do not like about teaching is is the the shortest answer I can give. No, that's 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 great. And I like that that opportunity to give the the students sort of this hands-on, like this is what this can look like. Cause you know, there's a certain sense of, you know, um theory, and then there's a certain like you know, in class sort of application. And then there's like the real practical, like, you know what, this camera might not work or whatever. Mm -hmm. You might forget, like, I know that, you know, firsthand, because I might forget my storage device or I might mm -hmm. not have the assets that are really going to do this. So what I'm going to do, go to a store to get it. Am I going to guide with this situation? What does that look like? And mm -hmm. yeah, I think it, you know, gives folks like a real like temperature check. Mm -hmm. So this is the real question, the, the last, the last real question I have for you. Um, and, and this is about, um, you know, some of the, the more recent things over the last like year or so, you know, Sondheim, uh, Saul Zients. So tell me about like being in that sort of conversation and, and being a finalist and being like um, a fellow. Um, and what's that experience been like? Cause I, I see you, when I type in your name, it's just, this award, that award, this finalist, this fellow. So tell me about what that's been um, as you've like developed as a, a filmmaker and has developed in this sort of like being a known commodity, if you will. I talk to um, a lot of my mentors very often. And I think the main piece of advice that they always give me is that I need to slow down. Because I think I realized recently um, my partner and I are planning on um, moving soon, but I'm already focused on like, okay, well, where are we gonna, like, where's that house gonna be finally? Like, what's that gonna look like? Where are we gonna be then? And I'm not even focused on the next step anymore. I'm focused on like three steps from now. <laughs> um, and so I say all of that to say, um, I don't think I've taken the proper time to appreciate that yet. 
because I'm so focused on um, the fact that I feel like I'm not doing enough at all times. Um, I, I feel like I haven't achieved enough. I haven't gotten to work on that film that I've been wanting to work on for a year. Um, there's just so much I, I'm so focused on that I am not doing yet or haven't been able to have the chance to do yet. And I haven't really been able to focus on um, the recent successes. Um, but feeling them in the moment, I mean, it's just, it's just, I mean, it makes me emotional. Um, like walking through the, the, um, the Sondheim show um, and getting to see my piece on in the corner and getting to talk to um, all the incredible artists that I was screening with. Like I made um, so many uh, like acquaintances and friends um, just out of that experience. Um, we got to meet so many incredible artists in Baltimore because um, Baltimore is, I mean, you know, but there's so many incredible artists here. It's like baffling to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always so excited when I get to meet a new person that I really admire. And I'm like, oh my gosh, wait, I really liked you for a long time. Um, which is funny because I mean, small somewhere, everybody knows everybody somehow. Um, you just have to find that one person. <laughs> that just gonna look for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but the Sondheim Prize was so incredible. Um, the semifinalist show was just just crazy. Um, getting to meet, um, I think Travis was a real highlight for me, Travis Lavacer, Um, because we were also together at um, the Saul Zance Fund this year. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, hey, <laughs> how'd your D install go? Um, and getting to hear about his idea for um, um, for what he was pitching for the Saul Zance Fund, um, it's just really, really cool. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't know how much he is sharing right now, but it's a really interesting project. Um, it's a series. It's going to be really interesting because I'm, I'm interviewing him tomorrow. Oh, my God. Okay, well, <laughs> you can tell talk about it. <laughs> like, hey, Trav, what it is. <laughs> we, we found out, we, like you said, small tomorrow. We found out we have a mutual situation. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is going to be even more interesting now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, so, hold on. So it was one thing that you said that's very similar to me. Uh, so I got, I got to ask, are you an air sign, an Aquarius? What is your thing? Oh, I'm a Taurus. Uh, close enough. Close enough. Yeah. I, 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 don't, close. I haven't had a chance to stop and smell the roses either. Like, mm -hmm. I'm like, people are like, wow, you did 400. I was like, I'm coming up on 500 interviews. I've not celebrated any of them. No milestones have been touched. Did the creative mornings, eh, you know, you got the best of Baltimore, eh, you know, it's like, what, what's next? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I guess I'll have a donut. I, I don't know. And I'm just... <laughs> working on this this series like i'm doing a spinoff in philadelphia um mm -hmm. and it's kind of there and when i did the creative mornings talk the other day the last two questions or comments that were said was like so when are you taking a break and i was like wow is that out there i was like y'all don't, don't know me i'm nodding <laughs> off in the chair in front of them so, you said what is a break <laughs> yeah breaks only the only thing i break is fast <laughs> that, was, that was very black uh so with that um I want to dive into into the rapid fire portion of this mm -hmm. this this conversation. Um, so brevity is key. You know how you know how this works. You know how this works. Uh, summer or winter? And uh, with oh, <laughs> that's great. Sorry. That's great. <laughs> so, uh, but with it, and I, and I think you, I think you're. Already, so, which one do you prefer for work? Which one do you prefer for play? Uh, okay. Summer and summer. <laughs> Thank you. I, was, I knew it was going to be that. I was just waiting for it. <laughs> Heavy Taurus energy. Uh, 
What is your favorite number and why? I don't know. Seven just popped into my head. I that's, don't know why. <laughs> that's a number of chaos, by the way. Oh, well, that's good. So maybe that's why. Numerology. <laughs> seven. Um, oh, well, my dog is seven. So how about that? That's why it's seven. <laughs> okay. It's also a Prince song. Also the number uh, that Carmelo Anthony wore. Also, no, just going to go down the list. <laughs> Are you an optimist or a realist? Which one do you align closer to? I think I'm a realist. Very Taurus. Uh, <laughs> how many movies do you own? And I know that we're in a streaming okay. age, but it's something about when you actually own the physical thing. It's something different about that. Like I own probably, probably a couple hundred, but it used to be closer to a thousand. And you know, breakups. You don't get all your stuff back. Uh, mm -hmm. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny how I put that, actually. <laughs> so I'm glad I started collecting vinyl since I was away. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. Not very many, honestly. Um, a lot of them are at my parents' house. I want to say, if I had to guess, like under 30. Okay. Um, okay, this is a ridiculous question. And it was me writing down something stupid when you said left brain, right brain, and I wrote down left twix or right twix. Left twix. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you answered all of them right. I mean, that's that's, uh, <laughs> that's literally a throwaway question. That's, that's such a such a dumb question, but also it's a good question. Yeah. Um. So, actually, I feel like I need to put a real question in there. A real a real rapid fire question. Uh, favorite type of cuisine. I feel like sushi might be a thing for you. I'm like sitting between Korean or Japanese. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I'm a vegetarian, so it's yeah easier. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Yeah, my uh, my partner is a pescatarian, so I was like, all right, yeah. I hope I get to kill a fish here. <laughs> uh, so with that. That's kind of it. You know, we got to learn a little bit about your work. We got to learn a little bit about the play, a little bit about, you know, you enjoying Korean or Japanese. So now <laughs> this is that part of the afternoon where um, shameless plugs. So uh, I want to thank you for being on this podcast. And I want you to share anything that you're working on, any um, website, social media, all of that good stuff. The floor is yours. Wow. I'm so bad at uh, shameless plugs. I'm just awkward about it. Um, Aren't we all? <laughs> Well, I think about that. Um, there's two projects that should be coming out soon, but I don't know when they're coming out. Um, I was a DP for them, um, but I think it's a, it's more of a director question as to when they're coming out. Uh, but I do know that BSA's The Nutcracker, The Making Of, is going to be out soon in December, whoop, whoop, uh, MPT. Nice. Uh, there's going to be a very awkward interview with me beforehand. I hate, I'm just, I'm just, I feel like I'm really not good on camera. This is at least a little bit easier because no one has to see my face. Oh, I'm absolutely putting this out as the video. This whole thing. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just an X over both of our faces. <laughs> I, just, I feel like I'm very awkward on camera. This is easier because it's Zoom. There's no cameras around. I'm not worried about where the lights are. Um, yeah, but it'll be out in December on MPT. Um, some of my students were very eloquently also interviewed. So you'll have those to look forward to before the piece airs. Um, and other than that, um, you can follow me on my socials. It's katiana.jasmine. It's my Instagram. Um, my website is kjweems.com. Super easy to remember. Um, 
And that's about it. You can contact me through either. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, and there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Katiana Weems for coming on to the podcast and chopping it up with me. And for Katiana Weems, I'm Rob Lee saying that there is uh, art, culture, filmmakers, educators, all of that good stuff. And around Baltimore, you just got to look for it. Oh,